You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Alexa, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday edition of Locked on Pelicans, getting my days confused because there's so much basketball, preseason basketball going on, but no game for the Pelicans today. Instead, we've got an injury update and what's going on with Jaleel Okafor, and I'll give you that all and talk a little bit about his game because it's kind of disappointing that he's going to be out for a bit of a period of time. And does this somehow maybe impact his chance of making the roster with this team? Then we're going to look at some odds that are out there. Anthony Davis and the MVP conversation, that's been going strong, and he's said that he wants to be the best player in the league. He thinks he's the best player in the league. Well, do the odds makers think that that's how it's going to wind up? So we'll look at that. We'll talk about his chances in that race. And of course, Zach Lowe, the ESPN.com writer, probably the best writer in all of basketball, had his annual league pass rankings come out. I'll tell you where the Pelicans landed in that. I'll give you my top five league pass teams to watch in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So the big injury update of the day, and it's really, really annoying that we need to have these this early on in preseason after just two games. And again, if you're trying to make safety a thing, teams are responsible for scheduling their own preseason games, and the Pelicans managed to schedule two back-to-backs in the preseason and play Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday in them. And then it's, I'm not saying that's the reason these injuries happened. If you go back to last night's game against, or the other night's game against the um, Hawks, where, you know, um, Julius Randle, who's okay, by the way, goes up uh, for a dunk, gets blocked, and comes down hard. That has nothing to do with the back-to-backs and fatigue playing, uh, you know, into these injuries or anything. But still, you guys got to kind of get what I'm saying here. But, you know, not the smartest move, in my opinion. And you want to reduce that during the regular season. So why are you adding more in into the preseason? Not just the best scheduling you've ever seen, but that's neither here nor there. So Okafor does have a mild ankle sprain. He did have an MRI yesterday here in New Orleans when the team returned from the road trip. Said he's going to be out one to two weeks, which kind of puts him right up against it. Uh, when it comes to preseason and towards the start of the regular season now is when he'll be back, assuming it's on the longer timeline. If it's just a week and he's back on around the ninth, well, maybe that'll be okay and he'll be here for some games and be able to play. But other, if it's two weeks, it puts it right up against the start of the regular season. It's disappointing because I know people have a lot of high hopes for him. Again, he's the former third overall pick in a draft and went behind Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell Towns, who's Maybe as a superstar, I don't know what you'd call him in the league, with especially with that Jimmy Butler situation going on. But everyone really had high hopes for him, and all of a sudden he seems to have found a place here in New Orleans that he really likes, that he feels accepted by, and he's taken a lot of the correct steps to really getting his career on track. He's openly talked about anxiety and other mental health issues and kind of getting that all taken care of and getting that part of his. Uh, body or what have you right he's talked about dropping a lot of weight 
getting in very good shape. And you could see it. He moves very well on the practice court in the preseason game that we saw him play before that injury happened. He's looked good. I'm not saying he's looked amazing, but he's active on the glass. He can score inside. We knew he was never really going to have any issues when it came to offense. It was all the other stuff. Can he stay in shape? Can he play well like that? And I think that was where the concern was. And he started to really kind of ease those concerns, get rid of some of those concerns with all the stuff he did in the offseason by saying all the right things, by doing all the right things, being here in New Orleans, working out, getting in shape, doing whatever this team wanted from him, and then giving his all on the court when you saw him just move well laterally, that was good. His hops were there, that was good. And that's kind of what you're looking for in this big role for the Pelicans that's going to be the fourth big at best for this team. And when you look at Diallo not particularly impressing in this preseason run and the minutes that he's been given and maybe some doubts there, then yeah, Okafor's role looks to be a little bit bigger, especially when you then couple in Alexia Jinsa's not healthy or playing, and who knows if he's going to play this year or when he might play again. All of a sudden, Okafor's role that we were like, oh, it'll be five minutes, ten minutes at the most. No, depending on fouls and other things and lineups and rotations and guys who are hot, it might be a larger role than that at times, particularly if he does overtake Diallo and he is the first big behind Anthony Davis, Julius Randle, and Nikola Mirotic, maybe Solomon Hill in that role too somewhere. So I think he was in line to get serious minutes. Now we're not sure what we'll see from him. I don't think it'll really impact his chances to make the roster. I think, again, everyone's been really impressed with him. They're all talking about him. Usually don't want to keep talking about the guy you think you might cut. So I think, if anything, he's probably safe here in New Orleans. Will likely make the team uh, during the regular season. We'll see if he sticks for the whole season. But I'd say if he makes it that far, that the chances of that being are very good. So hopefully he comes back sooner than later and we get to see him a little bit more in the preseason. So the good news is he'll be okay. Julius Randle will be okay. And in a moment, we're going to get to the MVP odds here. But before we do that, look, we all love a night out. Whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there to cheer on the Pelicans or the Saints, with Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, show, or sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice to make sure you're sitting by your friends. To make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more to help you guys save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app, the Vivid Seats app, Use promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help get you to your favorite live event. 
So the MVP odds are out if you've got a good feeling about a player, maybe Anthony Davis, maybe someone else, and feel inclined to throw some money on there. But before you do, we should probably talk about it a little bit because we've got to look at Anthony Davis and if we really feel that confident that he has a chance at winning. And I might surprise you with my answer a little bit here. So first and foremost, these odds are just designed to get people to put as much action on as many different things as possible to try and kind of mitigate the risk that Vegas and the bookmakers kind of assume. It's the same thing with the over-unders. That isn't really necessarily the number they think a team might win. It's the number they think is going to entice the equal amount of action on both sides, both the under and the over of those win totals. That's kind of what they do and how they make their money. So where does Anthony Davis land on the MVP odds so far? And this is according to Odd Shark, I believe. So you've got LeBron James at plus 333. He's first in the running here. Then it is Anthony Davis at plus 450. uh, Giannis is at plus 500. James Harden is fourth at plus 650. Then there's a bit of a jump to Kawhi Leonard at five at plus 950. Kevin Durant plus 1,000. Steph Curry plus 1,200. Joel Embiid plus 1,500. Kyrie Irving is tied with him at 1,500. And then rounding it out is Russell Westbrook at plus 1,600. So some good money plays potentially there at the bottom, but we want to focus on Anthony Davis. Number two, finished in the top three last season for the New Orleans Pelicans for the MVP award. And of course, he's been talking about how he's the best player in the league. He thinks so. And he's kind of out on a mission to prove it. So is he in line for a better year than last year where he was averaging an extreme number, close to 30 points per game after DeMarcus Cousins went down in their run up to the playoffs? Or is he maybe in line for a step back in some capacity? Well, so I think he's actually probably in line for a bit of a step back. I know that may come as a surprise, but I think when you add a new guy like Julius Randle in there, Davis's numbers are going to go closer to what they were with DeMarcus Cousins out on the court than they were in just that streak and tear he went on after DeMarcus Cousins went down. Part of it is there's just more shots, uh, more players to take shots, and you want to feed Julius Randle at times. He kind of needs the ball. I think that kind of takes away from the possibility that Anthony Davis can put up some just dramatically monster numbers. We all have high hopes for Randall. I think he's basically the breakout player of the season for the Pelicans, and maybe that means AD's numbers take a bit of a dip. There's something else, though, and it does have to do with playing alongside Randall. Randall doesn't space the court for AD. It's not like when he was out there with DeMarcus Cousins, who could be parked on the three-point line, or Nikola Mirotic, who can be out on the three-point line and create space for Anthony Davis. When you trot Randall out there, you have three shooters on the court for those two bigs at best. At best. You can't run four shooters in AD anymore um, if you want to have Randall out there. I think that's a big thing. What that is going to likely mean at times is that AD is going to work off ball from Julius Randle, which means he's going to need to space the court for Randle a little bit. His three-point attempts have gone up. You see him taking over two a game. He hits him at 34% or so. Not great, but it's not bad either. However, that's not what I think is really going to space the court for AD. I think it's when Randle has the ball and he's playing that point forward role that you'll see Anthony Davis go back to that mid-range shot. The ringer was writing about AD's case for MVP this past week, this week at some point. And they mentioned his mid his long mid-range attempts have dropped every year. He's taking more shots at the rim or he's taking them behind the three-point line. 
But if he wants to space the court for Randall, he might be hanging out 16, 17, 18 feet from the basket. Remember that silky smooth jumper he's had that he relied on for first, his first number of years in the NBA that's really tough to stop that he can do and just pick up off the dribble and launch. I think you're going to see that come back up, and I think that number rises because that's how we'll space it for, for Julius Randle. Randle can hit him on a pass, and he can just jump and shoot right there, or then he's close enough to put the ball one dribble, two dribbles, and then hit the rim and score that way because we know his face-up game strong, and he can put the ball on the ground and dribble and score that way too. I think that does likely mean a little more not as if I should say it this way. He's not going to have as efficient of a year as he did last year where it was just bonkers. It's going to be really good. But because those numbers might dip some, that might hurt him in the eyes of MVP voters. But there are some things working in his advantage. One, if this team does well and they go to the playoffs, it's two years of that now, and maybe voters think that Anthony Davis is due. We saw that kind of last year with James Harden, where it's, yeah, you should have one at some point. Even though Russell Westbrook's putting up basically identical numbers to the year he won MVP the season before that, they like to give it to new players and kind of spread this around. You know, LeBron James has won five of these things, I think, and he hasn't won one in five years, something like that, or three or four, whatever it is, an absurd number. So I think that plays in his favor, too, that if some of these kind of betting favorites, it's really likely his turn when it comes to this. Steph has two. Durant has them. Um, Russell Westbrook has it. LeBron has it. Harden now has it. It's really Anthony Davis, Giannis, and Kawhi Leonard who are kind of next in line that we're expecting to maybe be the MVP of the league. I think Giannis is maybe a year or two away. Anthony Davis has been here before. That might play in voters' minds when it comes to this. Kawhi Leonard, there's a lot of question marks around him just returning to the court, let alone the weird situation kind of going on there in Toronto right now. Also worth noting that the favorite to win the MVP award has not won it in also like five years, seven years maybe. So whoever usually has the top odds to start the year doesn't get it. Maybe that plays in Anthony Davis's favor as well. But we'll wait and see. It's a little too early to kind of talk about this stuff, but it's fun. And hopefully he wins it. That would be a wonderful thing for New Orleans. But it's going to hinge on, hinge on playoff success, and it's going to hinge on this team gelling and kind of finding out the best way to utilize these two bigs, whether it's playing fast or slow or whatever. Fast. It's going to be fast. That's really going to be the key to him winning this MVP award. So before we get to Zach Lowe's League Pass rankings, that is a mouthful to say at times. Locked on NBA never went away. Yes, the Locked on NBA podcast is still here for you every single day as it was all off season. Locked on NBA is your daily national NBA podcast. Every Monday, get the local experts on the biggest stories and then stay with Locked on NBA all week long with daily 30-minute podcasts on everything going on in and around the association. Follow for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked on NBA. So Zach Lowe had his annual league pass rankings come out the other day. Uh, he's done it in two segments and it's worth a read if you're kind of just curious on the watchability of some of these NBA teams and if you could only pick five teams to watch on league pass, which I think is still a thing, which teams should you pick? Well, the Pelicans came in on the second day of rankings, meaning they were in the top half of the league, and he ranked them 11 overall, basically just raving about Anthony Davis and how good he can be alongside the improving Drew Holiday, who's kind of getting back to form, and said, and this is a quote, they are one playmaker away from becoming a top five league pass team. 
But he's a little bit worried about some of the things from Alfred Payton and others, and maybe that has to do with why he ranked them so low. And they're just missing that kind of one more piece to get them over the hump in his eyes. So obviously, I think this is a little low. I would probably put my the Pelicans as my number one league pass team because I'm going to watch all 82 games and so on and so forth. And it's the Lockdown Pelicans podcast, so what would you expect me to say? So then I went to kind of write my own league pass rankings and be like, what teams would I kind of rank 1, 2, 3, 4, 5? What is my top five if you're taking out the New Orleans Pelicans? And I wrote them down, and I kind of went back to check because I didn't really remember the exact order of Zach Lowe's things. And basically my top five is exactly the same as his top five. So Zach Lowe's got the Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics tied at one. I probably put those in one and two, maybe somewhere in the top five. If we're not doing actual rankings, maybe we'll do that at the end here. But look, one of the things I want to see out of a league pass team is young guys who are athletic, fun to watch on a winning basketball team that does some interesting things offensively and isn't boring as shit to watch. Those teams are fun. You have young guys flying all around in Boston with Jalen Brown and the others, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Kyrie Irving is one of the best finishers at the rim, if not the best finisher in terms of a backcourt player, and I like that kind of style of ball, just to be honest. I really like guards who can get to the rim. I fucking love watching Russell Westbrook. Same thing for the 76ers. When you have Embiid, who takes away the paint like no player I've ever seen defensively, it's astonishing. He can shoot threes. He's a goofy dude. He's kind of fun just to overall watch. You throw Ben Simmons into the mix, the kind of mystery and intrigue around Markel Fultz. Can he shoot the ball? He made a three in a preseason game, so maybe he can. And I'm just intrigued by them, and I want to see how they do. He has the Golden State Warriors at three, and like we, we know them. We can't really just say anything else other than, yeah, that makes a lot of sense there. The other team he's got, two other teams he's got in the top five, he's got the Denver Nuggets at five. They're going to put up points. They're going to try harder on defense. If you like Jokic and he's one of the guys you like, they're a great team to watch because his passing for a big man is absolutely unbelievable. Paul Millsap is just kind of a perennial blogger favorite type of player. He's still there. They've got a number of young guys too, and they're a team that could really be something. Jamal Murray, who's taken right around when the Pelicans took Buddy Heald, and maybe they kind of missed on that. We all like Will Barton. Gary Harris is maybe one of the better point guards in the league now. And then they added Isaiah Thomas just to have that scoring punch off the bench. And then he said something the other day, which was great. of like, if, uh, if there's the final shot left in the game, you ain't getting the ball out of my hands. That's a heck of a thing to say, and going to lead to some drama there. Always kind of fun. Then rounding out the top five in the fourth spot, though, is the Los Angeles Lakers. And again, I can't argue with that because LeBron, Lance Stevenson, Michael Beasley, JaVale McGee, Lonzo Ball, Rondo, the hell is going on with that team? And how are you not just intrigued to see if they just implode on a nightly basis or what Lance Stevenson is going to maybe do alongside LeBron James? He came out the other day and said, he's like, yeah, I couldn't believe it when they signed me and that LeBron wanted to play with me after the whole blowing in his ear thing and all of the other stuff he's done to annoy LeBron over their careers together. And then LeBron James is just LeBron James. If he drags that team to a six seed in the playoffs, he's going to get serious MVP consideration considering they weren't good last year. And they added a bunch of non-shooters. So I'm kind of intrigued to see that again. Anything with LeBron usually kind of goes up 
fairly high in the league pass rankings. But I tried to throw in like a hipster pick or something like that. And again, he has these teams high. The Milwaukee Bucks he has at eight when he's got the um, Houston Rockets at seven. I'm not high on the Rockets. He's got the Bulls at six. I'm not high on them. But the Bucks should be a lot of fun. Giannis is a great player to watch. Yeah, makes sense. You kind of want to see what he can do out there. Below that, he's got the Raptors at 9, whatever. I think I might put the Utah Jazz a little bit higher than 10. They're kind of, if you like the minutia of basketball, a really fun team to watch. Zach Lowe says the X's and O's are there for NBA nerds, and I really kind of love that stuff. Plus, Donovan Mitchell is just a very exciting player. One team you've not heard me mention that are in his top 10, finishing at 7, is the Houston Rockets. They're not entertaining to watch with the ISO-heavy style that they play with James Harden and just going to the line and shooting free throws a lot. Effective? Will win you a lot of games. Absolutely. I don't need that on my TV when I watch it. want to watch exciting players. Harden's awesome to watch. And he had maybe the crossover of the year last year where he sent whatever poor Clippers player that was. There's like a, a meme of it of him going in like another dimension. And yeah, that's how rough that crossover was. But those are moments kind of few and far in between uh, between just a very boring style of basketball to me. So they probably would be in my bottom half in terms of my personal lead pass rankings. But I agree with Zach Lowe's top five. The, the Lakers, Nuggets in there, the Warriors because they're the damn Warriors. And then Boston and the Sixers are really going to be fun. And those games between those two teams, I think, are going to be absolutely uh, like must-see TV in the NBA this year. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. If it's your first time here, because we've been getting a lot of new listeners, thank you. Make sure you subscribe, rate it on iTunes, five stars. I don't ask for much of you guys, and I give you this podcast five days a week for free. Come on, just give me a five-star rating and hit that subscribe button. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.